Welcome, 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 everybody, to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm your producer and host of the show, Dr. Lino Martinez. This is your motivational podcast of people's incredible journeys. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to the A Little Less Fear podcast, The Dr. Lino Show. I would like to welcome back Van Ethan Levy. They are the producer and director of the documentary, Do Something, in which I was also a part of. I got interviewed and I was asked a question, what was the most harm and violence I had experienced in my gender identity? For those that are tuning in for the first time, I'm a trans man, transgendered. I transitioned from female to male at the age of 34, and I'm 43 years old right now. And for a lot of people that are not aware, we experience a lot of violence, a lot of discrimination, a lot of inner stuff that we have to go through and navigate through every day just to be our authentic selves. And this documentary is very, very profoundly powerful, and I'm glad that it's doing well right now in festivals. For people that don't know about it, here's Van Ethy Levy, Levy, I'm sorry. Please tell us about your incredible documentary and what led you to create it. Hey, Lena, thank you so much for, for having me here today. So yeah, um, I'm a trans and non-binary person and I firsthand have experienced so much transphobic violence, including um, being forced into conversion camps from ages, I think, 12 to 17 to like essentially be treated as if being trans and non-binary is part of those symptoms of mental health when they're actually not. And just existing in this world as my identity, working in the mental health field as a dually licensed therapist, mental health provider, I continue to see the same transphobic engagements. And so I wanted the world to better understand what our realities are. So I asked, like you said, 12, uh, eight different people, two questions. What is the most harm that you experienced due, due to the identity you hold? And what is the most affirmed you've ever felt? within your own identity. So this way people could have a better understanding of the realities of what it's like to exist in our bodies, even for just a millisecond, and how minimal somebody could do to make it feel a little safer and more affirming, which could literally be life-saving. As we know, one in three trans youth will attempt to die by suicide before the 18, and the CDC released that this significantly decreases when people's names are used, pronouns are used, they have access to medical care and so much more. So I wanted to create something that had a call to action that educated and invited people to engage from an empathetic positionality to better understand our realities and actually take action. So not just this kind of voyeuristic, um, feel bad for a community and feel helpless of here's the reality that we're existing and whether you're a part of it or not, here's what you can do. And so in the last few months, we actually were accepted and won awards at the Royal Society of Television and Motion Picture Awards, uh, the, the, I actually don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm embarrassed, maybe Ganges International Film Festival, Athens International Monthly Arts Film Festival, and as well the Marina Del Rey Film Festival 2023. So it's, it's really exciting. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to have more exposure because that means more people are watching it. And I continue to receive feedback from folks of, wow, I didn't even know that was happening, or even from our own community, 
as painful and traumatic as it is to, to watch and experience, just knowing that other people are also experiencing it, as well as just some of the things that maybe you and I might consider to be pretty basic of use, use people's pronouns, use people's names that they share with you, don't misgender people. A lot of folks don't realize the level of harm and damage that it creates. And so I've been getting a lot of feedback of different ways they've been educated around that. That's beautiful. I'm really glad that you're getting the proper feedback to keep pumping you up, to keep advocating and doing what you do best, which is what I love about you, Van. Thank you so much for shining light for all of us. I have to share, I have to share with you something that happened to me recently, actually, since this, this is the topic at hand. And the question that was asked in the documentary is what was the most harm and violence I had experienced due to my gender identity? And um, podcasting and interviewing so much, almost at almost at 200 episodes here, you know, I I'm just kind of like in interviewer mode and guest mode, host mode. And it actually caught me off guard that it happened to me when I was being interviewed or, or one of those um, discovery interviews to see if I was a good fit for someone's podcast. They reached out to me. I saw, obviously, they didn't read all of my profile. And what they had seen is that I was a doctor in psychology. And so right away, they were hooked by that. And they wanted to do a 15-minute a discovery call. So upon meeting this person, um, they, they asked me in the middle of my, oh, tell me about your history, you know, why psychology, blah, 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 because this individual's podcast is on narcissism. And asked me if I would be willing to talk about narcissistic behaviors or the history of, or if I've known anybody, my experience, I'm like, sure, I can do that. And then this individual says to me, um, so tell me about yourself, man. Tell me about yourself, bro. You know, and, and I'm very, I'm an open book as people know. And as you know, I mean, I, I no shame. I love who I am. I love who I become and who I'm becoming. So I told him my whole life story from my disabilities, from my surgeries, to the book that I wrote and um, surviving a rare genetic disease and being a transgender. And, and right when he heard that, he, was, he stopped me and he says, whoa, 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 wait, what? And then I, and I, and I paused and I said, yeah, I lived the first 34 years as a female and I'm a 43 year old man now. I love who I become. And he's like, hey man, he's like, bro, you can't say that on my podcast. And then I said, okay. And he said, anyone that listens to my podcast knows that I hate the LGBT community, knows that I hate transgenders. And I was like, whoa, I, I, at the moment, I didn't know how to react. It was, um, yeah, I couldn't even feel pain at the moment. I felt numb and I wasn't reactive. I was quiet. And I just said, okay. And then he said, you know, he was like, hey, you know, I think you're a cool dude. He was like, but can you do me a favor? I really, I like your energy. So maybe you can, we can talk about narcissism, but please don't tell me, don't mention your past or anything about what, who you are, or what you've been through. And I said, okay. And so we hung up this call and I felt so uneasy that night. I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about it. It was bothering me. It was boiling me up. And I said, why couldn't I stick up for myself at the moment? Why couldn't I say, hey, man, you know what? That's wrong. Or that's don't. In other words, let's just stop it now. Why are we even talking? We're not a match. Got to go. Why did I get into this mode where I just couldn't say anything? I felt numb. And I had to think about it. And then so I let the night pass and come the morning, early morning, like 8, 9 a.m. I wrote him an email and I said, hey, I slept through it and I thought about it. And I've realized I'm not a fit for your podcast. Thank you for your time. 
And he emails me and he said, Hey, I'm sorry to hear. I thought we were a good match. Can you tell me what, what, what did I, did I say something wrong? He said. And so I felt at the moment, now is my time to be truthful. And then I said to him, you know what? I honestly, I've, this is who I am. And uh, people can easily Google me. I'm all over Google. I'm, I mean, if you're, if you've got fans and you've got over five years of your podcast, you're going to look me up. This is, I'm not in alignment with what you are advocating. And then I, um, I said, thanks for your time. And I let it go. And I felt so good telling him finally at the end. And I wished him love. I said, I wish you and your family the light of love. I wished him off. I sent him some prayers. But at the very end, I asked myself, and maybe you can help me out, Van, here, especially since you have, uh, since you have experience with this. Why, was I, why did I feel like a deer in headlights when you said this to me? Why didn't I have the words at the moment to say to this guy, hey, man, that's not cool. You know, the, you're talking to me. We're both human beings. Like, we, I got to go now. We're not compatible. You know, wash my hands clean. Let's go. So, yeah, thanks for listening. But that was my experience recently. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's that's really harmful and it's really awful. And right, like I can't speak to why it landed and what happened for you, but I can share what my my guess is. Right. So you're engaging with somebody who has invited you to be um, on their podcast. Right. And they engage in a transphobic macroaggression. It, it caught you off guard. This person attacked your identity. Right. So it's not just I hate cheese and, and, and you love cheese and I think that's problematic. This is an actual personal attack on your identity that isn't necessarily as clear because there's that gaslighting of, I like you, you could share about everything except for this part of you. But that part of you is you, it's all you. And this person's only creating space for their transphobic rhetoric and engagement and you got to set boundaries, right? So this person is outwardly, knowingly transphobic and harmful. And what's scary is that a lot of the time, we're not even aware of our own internalized transphobia. So it kind of catches up off guard and we freeze and wonder, am I the one doing something wrong? What have I done that's wrong? Because we've learned that if we don't see it, learn about it, exposed to it and much more, then it's not normal. It's what's wrong. It's what's bad. So part of you could have had like these internal um, battles of, am I supposed to be here? What did I do wrong? Shock, like someone's literally attacking me because of who I, I was am. <laughs> Not even not. understanding the like level of like transphobia that he was experiencing while it's interacting like with our internalized transphobia. Mm -hmm. And so that's 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 my guess. And then you got to set boundaries, right, which can feel really good. And you got to align with your values and morals of wishing that person well, because that's what you feel is the right thing to do. It doesn't mean it's what other people need to or should be doing. Mm -hmm. It's you took who you are, who you want to be and what is okay for you and kind of line them. That's my guess. I'm not saying you actually did that, but based on what I've heard you sharing, um, and then obviously knowing a bit more about you, that would be my guess. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate you listening too. And just um, going back to your documentary with that question, just all of a sudden brought it all back up because it had been a long time before uh, since I had experienced anything so in my face about, I mean, who I've lovingly become. So tell us more about Do Something. Tell us about what your initial goal was with this documentary versus where it's going now. So there was a bigger goal. And the, unfortunately, capitalism is what's preventing me from being able to hit it, which I wanted to create 
a docu-series where all titles are do something and then afterwards is about identities that nobody truly understands the realities, right? So this is trans and non-binary. Maybe there's um, uh, existing in the world with disabilities and so many more identities run and done by the people who hold those identities. So the bigger picture doesn't mean it's it's, it's done forever, but that that is the bigger picture with this. Right now, focusing on the trans and non-binary identities documentary, it's about creating awareness of our realities, creating connection and community with people who are experiencing it, and validating that these are real and helping us to stop gaslighting, and really inviting allies to truly show up in a way that we are leading um, what is being asked. So many allies learn how to be an ally from other cisgender people or other binary trans people when there's more to us than binary trans people. Most of the rhetoric that we regurgitate was given to us by cisgendered medical model folks, right? The term transition. We're not going from one gender to another. We've always been who we are. It's the world that didn't see us for who we are and we didn't have language. The world doesn't see us for who we are because it's so deeply rooted in transphobia, that a penis is for a man, a vagina is for a woman, pink is for girls, uh, footballs for boys. None of those are real things. Right. And so I'm hoping that this can start the real conversation of shifting those realities when people understand the level of violence that we experience every single day and not just physical and sexual, emotional identity attacks and so much more. And so that's kind of where we're at now. And, and being in more film festivals is exciting because it's getting more exposure to these realities and understandings. What I really hope is everybody sees it. I want everybody to be aware yeah. and, and start to really think beyond what they've learned from one friend or a, or a cisgendered LGB uh, PIA person um, to, to really better understand how to help us. Absolutely beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I remember when I when we were doing this documentary, it felt um it was challenging for me to really discuss or talk about some of the things I've I've gone through because of having to protect myself or because of living in fear. And so it does take a lot of courage to go out there and to speak up and to say, hey, you know, we need we need support, we need allies, we need we need people to have our back. And for people to see us as people, like we've got love in our heart, just like everyone else does. And it just seems like so many people that are in their in their own world, in their own pain, and they can't see past their own filters, they kind of go into this like robot mode of being rather than learning and growing and becoming and just understanding and appreciating differences and welcoming us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much that folks can be doing that isn't even talked about. Um, in this documentary, if, if you see that there's um, restrooms that maybe you're, the person you're with might not feel comfortable, don't ask, can I go to the restroom? Just go. If the person says, I have to go to the restroom, say, oh, me too. Right? Have a buddy system without having to put the pressure on the trans and non-binary person to have to ask. Or someone says, do you want me to go to the restroom with you? I'm going to feel guilty. Like, oh, you, you're now having to leave the table when maybe you didn't want to. But if I say I have to use a restroom and you say I do too, I'm going to feel like, oh, cool, we both have to go and I don't have to do this alone. Um, even going to doctors, we're constantly gaslit and having just another person to hear that information and make sure that we're not experiencing sexual abuse, verbal abuse, right. and we're getting the most accurate care 
that focuses on what we need, not the doctor now just thinking, oh, it's just your hormones when it could be a heart attack or something or something else going on that has nothing related to what people equate to trans issues. Do you see a part two to this documentary? <laughs> One day in the future. Um, right now, I'm juggling so many different other projects to help create accessibilities for trans and non-binary folks, uh, including um, I, I have a, a lot of pre-licensed therapists who are providing free therapy um, to trans oh, and non-binary people, um, creating you know more smoother like one-time sessions for letters to get hormones and surgery, um, the interactive workbooks to basically provide therapy to trans and non-binary people for free that they could go at their own pace because there's not a whole lot of therapists who are truly affirming um, right. out there. For, for people that are um, listening to the first time, could you explain what affirming means? Right now we said there are not the many therapists that are truly affirming. What do you mean by that? So a lot of the times therapists, first off on their paperwork might say, are you male, female, transgender, or other? First of all, most people don't want to be othered. Second of all, that's not important information that we need to know as therapists. Um, when you come in, if they don't, um, they might misgender you repeatedly because they don't know, or they might misgender you repeatedly because a pronoun is new to them. Um, and even though this is new to most people, it doesn't mean that it feels okay for us. It's not like we have a button inside us while well, we're misgendered to say, oh, it's new to them. It's, ouch, like you're not, what you're telling me is you don't see me for who I am. You see somebody else. How does that make therapy safe to be vulnerable if I'm not even being seen for who I am? Mm -hmm. So affirming just means validating and understanding the person across from you and not engaging in language or um, using words that will be harmful to the person. Right. Or like um, assuming. Right. It'd be one thing if that person at the podcast just said, I will not accept transgenders on my show. You need to go. That's a very clear, we're done here. But right. he did this very gross gaslighting um, engagement of right. transgenders are not all on my show, but you're allowed to be here even though you're transgender. Just nobody can know and you can't talk about it. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what happens a lot in therapy. It's like these well intentions. This person probably thought he was validating your work and validating you as a human and validating your, your maleness, but really didn't understand that your transness is part of your males and part of my journey and part of who i've become and part of the person i love yeah definitely so that that's what i mean by affirming um either being very clear no i will not work with somebody who is part of your community or i i will work with like i will do my own work to better understand how to make this environment safer for yeah. you how do therapists get affirmed? Do they go through training? Do they have to go to meetings? I mean, how does that work for somebody that, let's say, let's say there's someone that really wants to work with our community, but has no, no experience on it. How do they go about it? So that, that's also what I'm trying to create a gap in. So currently it's not required. No therapist has to do it. Secondly, a lot of the training is either created and educated by cisgender people where a lot of the time trans and non-binary people are still operating off of cisgendered material. And so there's not a whole lot of unpacking and decolonizing and deconstructing and, and really creating better understandings that what we understand as masculine feminine is literally just made up. It's a societal construct. And that wearing nail polish doesn't make you a man or a woman. Right. It might be a performance of what people label as femininity, but it's not femininity.
right, so exactly. there are there are folks who are doing some really great work and then uh, like i shared i'm just trying to create like with the video with trainings with workshops with a book with a with um different forms of accessible ways for people with different learning needs to be able to do this learning to make it safer and also too people don't realize that just because you're a trans and or non-binary and or another non-cis identity therapist it doesn't mean that you'll be affirming you could still be regurgitating the same system right cisgender so system wow so that's what's really hard because so many therapists default to well my partner's transgender or my friend's trans or I learned it from this transgender therapist. It's like, it doesn't mean that it actually is what the community is asking for. Where are our voices? Where are our experiences? Where is what we are demanding and asking for? Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love this. So you also have a book, correct? I do. I do. Right. Uh, I have, it's called Exploring My Identities. Uh huh. And it's designed for our community as well as for our allies because it helps us do exactly those things deconstruct and unlearn what we've learned mm -hmm. and also learn about ourselves, who we really are and how we want to engage in the world without the limitations of all the labels. I can't like ballet because I'm a man. I can't like okay. playing football and getting dirt on my face because I'm a woman or I can't have a shaved head, right? Really pushing those boundaries so that you can have safety within you and create safety for those around you. I love that. Yeah, there aren't too many books like that. And the fact that you were able to expand and open up and open up these avenues for for our community. I mean, it's not only it's not only helping the community, but it's helping other people that are unaware and it's helping a new generation and it's just it's helping even an older generation. I mean, you're really doing incredible work here, man. I'm just really happy to have you on this team. Thanks so much for like everything that you do. It's really fascinating. It's beautiful. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me here. Uh, would you mind if I shared the, the dates about the upcoming Absolutely. virtual Absolutely. Yeah, viewing? please tell us about the Do Something documentary and um, some of the details on the showings and just anything else that you have to share. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So I'll try to go a little slower because there's a lot of dates and I know that can be overwhelming for some people. Sure. So August 27th is when the virtual online viewing will take place. Right now we have tickets on sale for about 10 bucks cheaper and they'll be on sale until July 24th. Then they'll go to the normal price until August 25th. So two days before the film shows is when we'll stop selling tickets. Um, we're gonna be giving away some free tickets. Uh, the giveaway starts August 7th and the winner will be announced August 13th. And people just need to follow on Instagram or Facebook. So Instagram would be SkaterVan, which is S like Sam, K like Kilo, T like Thomas, R like Robert, V like Victor, A like Alpha, N like Nancy. Or on Facebook, it's Trans Advocating Therapist and Educator. And um, starting the 7th, we'll start promoting that free ticket giveaway. Uh, and oh, where to, where to reach out if you're looking for tickets. So you'll want to email, which will also be, it's also there's flyers on my Instagram, but diversities and identities. So diversity is with a Y at the end, uh -huh. the word and, and then identities has the I-E-S at the end. And it's at gmail.com. 
So just email there for more information or if you want to purchase tickets. And uh, I know Janice will, will respond pretty quickly. Awesome. Van Ethan Levy, the producer and director of the documentary, Do Something That's Catching People's Attention. Thanks to Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Dr. Lino Show, A Little Less Fear podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can do so by sending me an email at a little less fear at gmail.com or through an inquiry from my website at www.alittlelessfear.com, where you will always find information on where to get my book. You can get my book on Amazon and Amazon paperback version, Kindle or Kindle Unlimited. And I also create incredible visual video poetry for people that are interested in marketing or even just to send a personal note to anybody or somebody that you might love. So yeah, check it out. I love it. Poetry is my passion. One of my other passions, aside from doing what I do right now, which is giving you all the motivation that you need to keep growing, to keep motivating people, motivating yourself and to keep expanding. I love you all so much. Have a blessed day and take care. Rock on.